That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that has so few fans and still managed to make it to a year. Welcome to our one-year anniversary Ah. episode by the time this goes up on the net uh yeah it will have been about a year so congratulations awesome. sir congratulations wow nice yeah. i didn't know that time flies when you're having uh fun <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the fun that we've had oh let's yeah let's jump into this uh we should make do you want to, the roulette, I guess, huh? Do, do you want to make mention about the the sickness and not being able to record last? Yeah, no, I, I kind of almost don't because every time I talk about it, we get sicker. We get sick, yes. yes. So we so we really we were feeling better last week, but the problem was uh, the tail end of that sickness was just pretty much every day by about eight o'clock, I my voice was gone. I had yeah. nothing. And I yeah. sounded horrible. Yeah. And any so, listener out, any listener out there that doesn't believe us, listen to my most recent Cinema Soft Underbelly for proof that there should have been no podcasting done in the past uh, week or so. Because I, I, I sound like an eighty-year-old chain-smoking uh, diner waitress. It sounded hilarious. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it was like, I, there were days where I'm like, oh, I feel pretty good. And then, yeah, seven, eight o'clock, I'm like, it was like, there's no way I can talk for an hour. Yep. Luckily, though, that I feel like I'm finally mostly past that. I'm sure there'll be a fair amount of edits in here for sneezing and coughing and uh, blowing of noses. Blowing of nose. Yep, me too. That's a small price to pay. So anyway, let's move on to this week's shit-tastic round of the roulette. Oh, uh, and I'll go first. As we have three movies to get through, because uh, we both had to watch Maul. Um, doggone it. I was going to have uh, my paper up because I liked so much what I wrote about Crawl Space. Oh boy, what what a movie. I, you know, sometimes they start off with so much potential and then it's just like, why? Why, dear God, why? <laughs> yes, I, so that one had, it started with potential. Well, a little bit, but it, it, it was it was that kind of sci-fi original potential where it's like, this might not be bad. A group of soldiers is going to uh, a government underground bunker, and they're going to go in and kill everybody, like the inmates. And this is spoiler uh, review, by the way. If you're really holding out hope of watching this movie, then probably just skip this review. For the rest of you, this is a thumbs down, so you don't need to bother. Yeah. Uh so they go into this underground bunker, and they're going to, like... Their orders are to take out all the inmates, I guess, or whatever. All the subjects, they say. And they start running into some weird stuff, like noises they hear in the background, and the bang, bang, crash, monster kind of stuff. And you're like, what the crap was that? Um, uh, okay, and uh, here's what I wrote. On the surface, it should seem like a good time. Army dudes in the research facility, blah, blah, blah. Along the way, they completely rip off aliens with those motion detectors. Okay. And some scenes they they repeat line for line, literally repeating lines from aliens. It's like very weird, and still that should be watchable, right? You're like, well, you could do worse. Uh, there are also run-ins with creatures like a giant rage ape. It's like part CGI, part real, and an alien thing. Still cool, but don't really know what's going on. We'll find out, I'm sure. Uh, 
no, it's all very sci-fi channel, cheapy rip-off. Dozen other movies are much better. It goes on, we discover we probably didn't see any of these cool creatures because the inmates have telepathy and are messing with people's minds. And from there, it deteriorates completely. I have no idea what the third act of this movie was about because it kind of ends where it began, but that doesn't make any sense unless the main character's in a time loop. But then she does something different and gets out. And it made no sense whatsoever. Thumbs down. I, don't waste your time. Okay. And then next up was uh, Maul, which we both had to watch. I'll do half the review of it, and I'll let you finish it. Great. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> this is a movie about uh, a crazy shooter going into a mall and shooting up the place, and survivors trying to stay away from him. That's the premise. And you know you're in for a bad time within the first ten minutes, because I wanted him to kill every single person in this movie. From the get-go, I hated this movie, and we had to sit through the entire thing. I'll let you take it from there. Okay, um, so this is uh, directed by the uh, the one guy that's in Lincoln Park, and that's I, I hesitate to say that's the best thing about the movie because that's not really a positive or anything other than I like Lincoln Park, I guess. Uh, but the movie itself is an epic train wreck, and I mean Vincent D'Onofrio was in this, and uh, uh, who's the the lady that was in this? Um, I was gonna say I was I jumped to Peter Stormare. He was in this. Yeah, it's like uh, what are these what are these name actors doing in this completely terrible movie? And this is this is one of the worst movies I've seen uh, in in the past twelve months. In the past year, that that was that bad. It was terrible. I don't terrible. even remember who the lady was in it. I, I hated it. Oh, yeah, whatever. yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. Avoid at all costs. This is proof that uh, just because you have money does not mean that you should make a movie under any circumstances. Keep scratching records and doing your rap thing with Linkin Park, dude. Yeah, I gave it a 1 out of 10, and the 1 point was half a point because it looked like a movie. It was shot like yep. a movie. And the other half a point was it was lit like a movie. That's it. That's all you're getting. That's the best I can give you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you have to review? <laughs> oh, mine's not a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, uh, my roulette was Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. Did you have a chance to watch this then? Uh, I did not. I, I've okay. been going through a ton of Netflix stuff because uh, sick time equals couch time equals lots of movies being reviewed. Gotcha. And I figured I'd wait to hear what you had to say about it before I jump on okay. that one. Um, I, went in with, I went into this movie with um, somewhat relatively high hopes. And uh, it was it's it's a kung fu type movie. I was expecting. Uh, let me just pull up the IMDb here. I think that this movie was um, Boxer from a remake of Boxer from. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna get it right. I know I'm not gonna from Shang Tung from 1972. It's uh, which is a Shaw Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I believe that that's a remake of that movie. And I actually think I've seen that movie years ago because uh, I, I looked it up on IMDb. And I'm like, I think that that I've seen that. Although mm-hmm. the this Once Upon a Time in Shanghai has, to me, has almost nothing to do with it. Um, it was pretty much black and white, uh, and it was overproduced, overshot, over CGI'd, way way too long and drawn out for me. So there was like there would be a cool fight scene and then long stretches of boringness and then a cool fight scene 
and I was bored to tears. I, I bored out of my skull with that movie, and the fact that it was black and white pissed me off all the more for some reason. I'm like, don't yeah, do that. Why would I they hate do that. that? That's very weird. Why would they do yeah. that? And it was like a very stylized black and white. And I'm like, it's, this isn't cool. This is annoying and distracting to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, no, I, I, for me, Kung Fu, I, I like Kung Fu movies. I like the seventies stuff and well, se- any, pretty much almost anything, but the real, real, real new stuff. I just, it's hard for me to get into the real new stuff for some reason. Hey, you um, know, I, I'm the old school Kung Fu guy. You're the horror guy. And yet yeah. we still share the same problem. The current stuff of our chosen genres that comes out is constantly wading through a ocean of shit to try and find a tiny little gem. And the 70s, 80s, even some of the 90s stuff is like all very watchable by comparison. Yeah, the Jet Li stuff from the 90s that you turned me on to, man, that stuff is gold. Mm -hmm. And this thing here, I'm like, this thing here doesn't hold a candle to any of those. And this thing here looks, I mean, it looks... Great, you can tell it was shot on like top tier HD cameras, but I'm like, I'm done with the HD camera thing. It's like it's got to be, you got to have good story, good acting. It's not just wow, that boy, that's good HD quality there. No, 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 that doesn't pass anymore for me. I completely nope. agree. I completely so, agree. For every yeah. Netflix uh, horror turd, yeah, uh, you've been into. Trust me, I watch all the kung fu ones, and uh, a lot of them I don't make it twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> don't blame you. Uh, all right, well, that's good to know. I might th- keep it on my queue just in case I feel like taking a chance on something. Because you know, while Netflix is hot right now with all of the new st- or uh, stuff they've been adding, it goes through dry spells, and I, so maybe it's something I'll give a uh, flinging chance to down the road. But yeah. anyway. That being said, let's move into the next one. It was such a crappy round. We were going to do a Blu-ray round, but then Netflix added a whole bunch of stuff because we yep. flipped over into April and we decided, you know what? We don't want to let our listeners, both of you, down. And uh, we should dive right back into the ocean of garbage and keep looking for the gems. So we're doing another blind. Awesome. Um, and I'll go ahead and give you the rundown first because i got a bunch for you. Just so that you have a wide spread variety and i'm going to start veering away from giving you horror because uh, honestly for the last month or two i've been throwing some horror stuff on there just so that you have some horror but they've been so bad and you've been watching stuff that's so horrible and then i feel bad about it yeah no actually i i i am right there with you thank you for that because i'm (laughs) i am officially burnt out of shitty new netflix horror movies they're just they're simply not good i mean for every housebound and for every honeymoon, there is ten turds. So <laughs> I know it's Oasis of the Zombies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have a couple of horror on here, but they were new added that I think have actual potential, not just like total crapshoots. Uh, yeah, anyway, and I and I will say this uh, because there is so many new uh, releases on Netflix, and by new we we both mean like new releases, recent be, releases, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of good sounding stuff, so I'm I'm excited to because I've got a big list for you as well. So I'm excited to actually. Uh, now that I look at it, most of this list is horror for you. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. I think so, or at least thriller. Let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, okay, first up from 2004, and this one is one that I'm going to probably watch, but I thought, eh, why not throw it your way? Maybe it's something you're into. Uh, 2004, Frankenstein. Ah. 
In present-day America, a detective's search for a killer leads her to Dr. Frankenstein, his creation, and why they're still alive 200 years later. And decent cast, Parker Posey, Vincent Perez, Thomas Kretschmann. Um, Vincent Perez was the crow in The Crow City of Angels. Oh, gotcha, okay. I like him. Anyway, uh, so I... Oh, director Marcus Nispel. What? Recognize that name? Yeah, that's uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake guy. Uh, didn't he do the Conan the Barbarian remake? Yeah, yep, yeah, and Conan, yeah. yep. Well, so, um, I don't know, maybe that's the thing. What, what year was that made? 2004. 2004. So and Frank, that, and just Frankenstein. Just Frankenstein, 2004. Huh. Uh, well, that's already that's already going to be the one to beat right there. And 87 minutes, so that's Ooh, short. Ooh, yeah, so already that's the one to beat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next up we have 2014. I saw trailers for this, looked interesting, a little bit of buzz. Uh, nurse. Abby Russell renders compassionate care as a nurse in her day job, but at night she dedicates herself to another set of values in this gory thriller. Hmm. That's to be determined. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one I'm going to save for last. Uh, next we have from 1981. Enter the Ninja. Oh, yeah. No, that's officially the new frontrunner. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Franco Nero and Sho Kusagi. And Christopher George, who is the uh, detective in Pieces. Nice. Yep. Uh, after learning that his pal is being harassed by a land baron who has employed a ninja, ninjutsu-trained Cole is forced to put his life on the line. Uh, so there's that. Okay, next up from 2014. I figured we would both be watching this one. That's 78 minutes. Wolf Cop. Yep. <laughs> I already I already added that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Uh, after being transformed into a werewolf, a boozy cop and his new powers to tangle with devil worshippers, shapeshifters, and other minions of evil. Ooh. I, I I assumed you already would have had that. I'm surprised you haven't watched it yet. I figured that was going to be right on your queue. You know, there, there's, a, there's some of these that I purposely held off on watching just because I figured we were going to have these in the roulette. So I'm like, just wait Me too. to see. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next is uh, another 2014, Killer Legends. This, is, I believe, is a documentary. The origins of four terrifying urban legends are examined on a spine-chilling journey into the true crimes that may have inspired them. Okay. And uh, so if I'm not mistaken, this is a, a documentary. Okay. Um, next, I have Devil's Backbone, Texas. <laughs> this is hilarious. These are, these are all on my list, ready to watch. Yeah. Um, a filmmaker returns to the scene of his father's mysterious death in the wilderness to uncover the madness or the evil that claimed his life. This is probably going to be a found footage thing, but that looks really creepy. So maybe it'll be one of those that work. Yep. Um, I think that's all I'm going to give you. This last one is too long, and I will save it for another time. Okay. Um, wow. Oh, man. That's a good list there. I mean, that's a freaking good list um the frankenstein one has me interested mainly because marcus nipsel directed it and i know that he's not the greatest director but uh you know he's done some big stuff and it's i'm on imdb here and it was written by dean Koontz. he did the concept of it isn't that weird yes it is that's so very bizarre that's, i and yeah. i'm yeah i'm not a huge fan of dean Koontz or marcus nispel but 
I am a huge fan of Frankenstein. Yeah. He, so, uh, uh, so maybe that's something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Enter the Ninja is what it's going to be. I mean, there's just, now, I, mean, I will tell you this. That is the longest one on the list at 100 minutes. But still, Franco Nero and Canon, and uh, that's the... That's the first one of the uh, Revenge of the Ninjas, second, and then Ninja 3, the Domination, was the third one. I, that's me. <laughs> so that's all me. Alrighty. In fact, I, I would dare say there is, that's almost guaranteed good movie there because the other two are kick-ass. Uh, well, I plan on watching all of these movies. Seriously, by next podcast, there's a good chance that I'll have watched every single blind roulette that you, uh, that you listed there. Devil's Backbone, Texas, I'm not uh, that was, of course, on your list as well, but I, that's the one that I know least about. I, I just saw the cover. I'm like, that looks cool. So, I, so that's going to be the one that starts your list, by the way. Okay, no problem. So, yeah, so Devil's Backbone, Texas. And do you want to explain at all about... Yes, uh, yeah. new rule. We, we always had the rule that if we both have uh, a pick on the blind roulette, we both have to watch it. And yeah. after the uh, exhausting garbage that was mall i decided hey how about a new rule where we can't do that back to back so yeah, if it now, happens, next, now maybe next one we'll do it again but next time we'll go and, and even you know what's funny while watching mall in the first 10 minutes i was like oh my god how can i get out of this how can i get out of this can i text eugene and be like this is a dumb rule we shouldn't do it <laughs> but i was trying to think of every angle i could to get out of it seriously but yeah, here's I, the here's the problem Beside the fact that you had already watched it at that point. Um, if it's that bad, then we haven't done our research and we shouldn't be throwing it on the roulette. We can't just be throwing any old crap up there. Yeah. So having this rule is what's going to keep us honest into doing enough research to making sure it's something we want to actually watch. Yeah, and not so just... Yep, I agree. It's, it's kind of a punishment, and it sucks, and it's a waste of our life, but at the same time... That's your incentive that we need to research these fully to feel like they really need a shot. Yeah, because because seriously, like the, the when I was watching Mall, what got me through the movie was knowing that we can at least warn people about it and we can have a good, somewhat good laugh about it on the show. Otherwise, it was like I'll never get that ninety minutes of my life back ever. I, me so. too, and we both run into the same problem with. Movie watching time is generally pretty limited with the kids running around, and I'm yeah. wasting my time watching this crap. I would turn it off in five minutes. Yep, it, me too. I hated it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so first up for you, Devil's Backbone, Texas. Alrighty. Now there is there is a couple here that, uh, that there's two on here that I'm I have a feeling you may have seen, but we'll see. Um, and I did I did put Wolf Cop on there for you as well. Awesome. And, and I did put Frankenstein on there as well. <laughs> awesome. Are you just repeating my list back to me? <laughs> no. Now here, now here we, we deviate from here on out. Okay. American Ninja Part 2. That's already my cue. <laughs> Which Michael Dudikoff and that, there's, that's another one where I can't imagine that's not going to be awesome. Uh, Is American it, Ninja 1 still on there? It's not. Uh, not that I, I don't believe Dang. so. And Man, I'll tell you what. The first one, I thought that was a cool movie. Uh, it is. Again, I've it, seen it before, but I haven't seen it in so long. I'd like to watch it again before the yeah. second one, but we'll see. Um, okay, so next up for you, and here's one that I, I'm guessing you've heard of, but I'm not sure if you've ever seen. Again, if you've seen it, obviously it's off the list. Sure. Uh, Flesh and Blood is what it's called. Flesh and Blood? Yeah. I own it. You? Oh, really? Yeah, or I, at least I did at one point. I might have actually traded that one in with Rutger Hauer. 
Yeah, that's uh, the one. Yeah, it's kind of a very uh, strange fantasy movie. Uh, castles, medieval time, that kind of thing. Was it good? Um, you know, it definitely has a cult following, and I didn't remember being that on fire about it. I remember thinking it was okay and had some interesting scenes, and one of those were uh, you get to see young versions of more famous actors now. Uh, it's worth it's worth maybe a watch. Maybe you could give me a refresher review on it because I, I can't remember if I traded that in. I might still have it. Okay. Um, but that's, yeah, I already saw All it. All right. Okay. Uh, next up is a movie called Starry Eyes. And uh, it, it's one that I think I've heard of on different movie, on, on different horror sites. So take that with a grain of salt, of course. Mm-hmm. A hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Uh, again, this could easily turn out to be one of those movies that we've been talking about. Uh, but it did get fairly positive reviews but anymore on horror sites that doesn't mean a whole lot i had already added that one as well <laughs> yeah so, and that's on my list too yeah uh next up is i don't know what to make of this thing but it's called field full of secrets did you see the uh that one there listed um, i don't think 2000, I did. 2014 it's a documentary i guess in 2008 two best friends stepped into their very first crop circle in southern england this is the story about what happened next. Um, so, Whoa, wow. Well, good pull there, sir. I didn't yeah, I know. On IMDb, it sounds cool. So, Wow. I, no, I didn't see that one. Wow. Now that, that is 122 minutes, so that's a two-hour-long movie, so you just be careful with that one. I, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm adding it to my list at any rate, but yeah. I don't think that's going to make it the cut yeah. uh, this time. Okay, and the last one is, this is a long shot, and I only am throwing this your way because I haven't seen it, and I am ashamed that I haven't, and I bet anything you've seen it. But I thought, if you haven't, it might be one that you want to watch. Uh, one of us should have seen this by now, and that is uh, Amistad. From, two, uh, from 1997. Oh, That's, is this, was this Spielberg? Yeah, wow. Spielberg, yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. Anthony you know what, I, I think I saw this uh, back, way back in the day, and I don't remember anything about it. Like, it's okay. been so long. Yeah, and I've, I've never seen that movie. It's Steven Spielberg. It's two and a half hours long, but... Um, 155 minutes. Yeah. But, uh, one thing with Steven Spielberg, even like War Horse, which I didn't much care for, it's still... It's still a Spielberg. Yeah, and so there's, there's, there's enough good stuff in it that you're like, okay, I'm glad I watched that. That's a checklist movie. And Amistad, I would imagine would be a checklist movie. So uh, I agree. Well, I just cannot resist making it an all ninja roulette. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go with American Ninja 2, and I'll probably try and rewatch the first one beforehand. Uh, I, I think I might have actually seen the first four of those at some point in my life, but it's been so long that I don't remember. I know that part three, they introduced a new guy instead of Michael Dudikoff, and then part four... Dudikoff and the guy from Three is in it, and then Part Five is, from what I see on IMDb, is like it's listed as a comedy, PG thirteen rated comedy. I'm like, what? So no, uh, they they should all be listed as comedies. Yeah, they should be. Yes, that's right. Oh, well, th- this I think that the they re- had, reports they had to step down from Dudikoff. Yeah, yeah. that's right. pretty much AC Slater from Saved by the Bell, isn't it? That's what we go with next. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident that next week's uh, us chiming in on the roulette is going to be a 
pretty much a thumbs up. I can't imagine it's not going to be with those movies. Compared to the garbage that we've been watching, I would say it's a safe bet. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, are you ready to move on? I am, yes. And now I do want to touch on, maybe this was recently watched, but I actually did watch a couple of the the movies that you had listed on the... Last week? Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in recently watched. I wanted to real quick touch on the Fantasy Movie League since we had our draft. Yeah. Um... Last weekend, and uh, yeah, so that was interesting. I figured we'd just look at our list and talk about some of the movies that we picked, <clears throat> and, and I don't know, just spend a couple of minutes on that. Sure, yeah, because we're going to be chiming in on it in the coming uh, future pods. Uh, I was like fifth pick, and you were second. Third, yes, uh, no, third. Yeah, I was third. Okay, anyway, so you guys snaked all of the obvious picks uh, early on. So by the time I got to round five, for me, I, I felt I had to go with the Pixar movie, Inside Out. I, I was just... Avengers is gone, Minions, Fast 7, Jurassic World. In my opinion, I, those top three were pretty much indisputable. Uh, and then everything after that was a mix mash. But I figured Inside Out, like a Pixar movie, is the safest way to go. So you know, I, I, got, I gotta that. say, I, I'm I'm surprised. At, uh, I didn't think much of Minions, but again, I'm not a huge Despicable Me fan. I was surprised that John picked that as his choice. Because, but again, I sometimes it's hard for me to get out of the what I like versus what's going to make a boatload of money. But I'm like Minions, really? What I would I would have put that as a round one for sure. Wow, somewhere, somewhere in the very first six picks. Uh, the but uh, that Despicable Me has a huge following. It makes a lot of bank. We're in a. Uh, um, what should I call it? A kid movie light summer. Not a lot yeah. of kid movies this summer. So Minions is going to bank. Count on it. Yeah. Uh, I prob- I would have taken Fast 7 before that. I- that, would, to me, was the obvious number two pick. Avengers is the obvious number one. Yeah. Um, but uh, And yeah, now that the number's coming in for Fast 7, it's already at Man. $143 million for the weekend. I'd say that's so. going to cap pretty easily. Yeah. So congratulations. Guess, yeah, thank you. I would guess by next weekend that will have capped. <laughs> yeah, probably pretty quick. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, that was your first pick inside out. My my second pick, see, then it went, Ted 2 went, Mission Impossible went, and then I was down to Ant-Man or Fantastic Four. And I decided to go with Marvel. Uh, now, obviously, nerds will be saying, but they're both Marvel. Yes, but Fantastic Four is over at what, Sony or Fox or something, Yeah, and has been getting nothing but a snafu of negative press since it started filming. I think it's completely uh, stupid, but Marvel freaks are Marvel freaks. And you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy did crazy bank. I'm mm-hmm. taking Ant-Man. I'm on a bank on it. And what did you take next? Uh, you took okay, Mad... So again, Mad- again, you snuck in with a Mad Max for number two. That's a yeah. good pick, man. My My biggest concern with that is it's R-rated. Now, you know, granted, American Sniper pulled in huge numbers, but R-rated movies in the summer aren't, to me, aren't as sure things uh, as as the PG-13 bring your whole family. But still, the trailers for this movie are so good that it may not cap but it, it'll in a month, but it'll get, I would assume that it's going to get at least close, maybe $150 million. But I, if it caps, great. I would say that's a pretty sure $100 million. Uh, mm-hmm. 150 would be great. Yeah. I, I I hope it does it. I really do because it looks yeah. brilliant. I think it's going to be probably 
our favorite movie of the summer. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh, and then from there on, I was hosed. Uh, oh, boy. It, it, by round three, it got ugly. And I usually like to have to see if I can sneak three of my top tier picks in my first three picks. But being round five, I just couldn't quite do it. And you did, though. Tomorrowland. Snake that one right out from under me. That was the next one that I was going <laughs> to take, uh, d- take, Disney. But I think that one is going to do bank. Even though it's kind of an unknown thing, it's Brad Bird, it's Disney, they're going to pump the daylights out of that movie. Yeah, yeah and the fact that um, the fact that it is... It, I don't want to say it's based on the, the theme park at Disney World that is Tomorrowland. Um, I, it's something about... It's, like you said, it's Disney, it's... He's got their theme park built into it. George Clooney, Brad Bird directing it. Uh, huge. Um, the trailers look amazing, I think. They I, look great. I, yeah, I think it looks fantastic. So I'm hoping for a... With that one there, that's my hope for the sleeper hit of the summer that it just does mad, mad bang. If I can get huge numbers out of those first three, I'm going to be sitting in good shape. But after that, things go downhill fast for me. Well, especially <laughs> in a uh, kid movie light summer, you got an... Uh, sort of family-friendly adventure movie with Disney, yeah. all over Disney. Yeah. And so what did I take next since you snaked that from me? Well, I got totally screwed last year on a Tom Cruise science fiction movie because <laughs> some cancer rom-com came in and took all of my freaking bank. Uh, that was the fault within our stars. So I mm-hmm. took Paper Towns, which was the same author, same producers, or some garbage. So hopefully I can cash in on that uh, cancer romance money that that screwed me last year. And then next I pulled a tie and took a movie that I think looks fairly terrible. Uh, (laughs) But I think I'm so out of picks at this point. I had to bank on the freaking, dare I even say his name, Adam Sandler, Pixels. Oh, Lord, I hope, again, it's pulling on that Tomorrowland kid movie. Can yeah. it, uh, a video game thing? I don't know. I don't you know, seriously, that doesn't, look, that doesn't look god-awful, in my opinion. So, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you never know. And, and Adam Sandler brings in major, I, mean, I don't want to say major bank anymore. He's kind of faltered in the last several years. But I think it's going to do something. <laughs> yeah. And you took so. Insidious 3, which I think is a safe pick. That's I, I think you took it a little high. I uh, did. I, I agree. Especially looking after the roulette, I did a little bit more research, and I'm like, that was a little bit too soon for that. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> yeah, after Horror the guy draft. Here. After the draft, you mean not the roulette? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, and I had Insidious too back in the, whenever it came out. That was real end of the season. I think I got it like ninth round, but. Those horror picks you can usually pull on a on a fifty mil, and especially if it's a sequel. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Then the rest of these picks, I'm just going to run down real quick because it's such a crapshoot. Uh, for me, I took straight out of Compton, which I think is going to. I'm hoping to be my kind of sleeper pick, and maybe pull me like a seventy five or eighty. Uh, Trainwreck is some comedy that I'm out of picks now. Uh, <laughs> seventh round, I took Jane Got a Gun, mostly because it sounds like a great premise, and I took it last year. And it moved. Yeah. So why not take it again? Yeah. Uh, I have to get a horror movie in there. So I took the Disappoints, Disappointments Room. Uh, and lastly, well, there's nothing left for the last round. Why not bank on a kid's cartoon? Maybe I can even 
uh, the crappy ones from the last few years make 30, 40. If I can get that of a ninth round pick, that's a pretty good pick. So I took underdogs. Uh, and for Eugene, round five was Sinister 2, another horror sequel. It's probably going to do it at least probably 40-50. Uh, then Masterminds, what's that, another comedy? I th- Yeah, I believe so, another comedy that looks, eh, whatever. Yeah, and then uh, Selfless, which, huge fan I think of that looks director, great, yeah. looks great. I, I, from your pick to the box office, let it be so. I hope it makes money. Yeah. Um, then... Age of Adeline. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Oh well, that was that was my one romantic drama type thing that that opens shortly after uh, Avengers. So I'm hoping to get the female crowd in on sure. that one. So you never know. That could there's, be a there's you know. one every year. There's one yeah. every year. You just never know which one it's going to be. And lastly, yep. Before I Wake, another movie. I don't know what that is. It's another horror movie that if I'm I'm hoping if I get thirty forty million bucks out of it, good deal. Hey, that's a good ninth round. If you get that much yeah. out of a ninth round, you're good to go. And that's, that's it for our update on the Fantasy Movie League. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Nope, nope. I'm looking forward to this year. Um, it's gonna. It's very interesting because last year was my first year, and so I kind of was starting to learn the ropes. And so this year, you know, I tried to be a little bit more strategic, but the horror fan in me still is like, ooh, but Insidious 3 and Sinister 2, and I'm like, I want to pick the horror movies, even though I'm like, Hey, I gotta tell you, when I actually compiled the lists and looked at them in group, I I would probably have to say you got the best shot of anybody. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah, them first three picks are strong, man. And I, I, I mean, everybody's got a good something, but I think a few people took some picks too high. A few people took picks I wouldn't even take at all. Um... I don't know, but you know who can say? Who can say what's going to hit? You never know. Yeah. Every year is a surprise, and every year it's I know. different. Every all year, it, I, I seriously, all it takes is is one of those fall of our stars type of movies ugh. that you're you're just out of nowhere comes in and does huge bank, yeah. and all of a sudden a, a fifth or sixth rounder, uh, it boom shoots up. So yeah, I know, and I, I did a little less research this year than I normally have. One because I was sick, and two because. I spent, I've done all this research in the past years, and it's got me jack. I always lose. So apparently <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I usually place pretty high, but I'm right in second every year. I said, ah, forget it this year. Just wing it. And I really screwed up kind of because I had a lot of my dates marked for crossover because you don't want to have two movies yeah. opening on the same weekend. And then, like, my top uh, tier and a half were all good to go, but then of all of the blind really blind crap picks from third tier all ended up on same weekends. Like, I think I have three doubles. Like, it's hey, I, I, I did that's that last not year. good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, last year I had Quiet Ones, Brick Mansions, and that one movie that actually did pretty good with uh, Cameron Diaz in it. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but that one there did did pretty good. The other two were, were a wash. But yeah, it's... Eesh. The other woman was that it? Yes, yes, that was yeah. it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll be charting it every week, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll report back. Who knows? You never know. Every year, I think I got it pegged, and I'm wrong all the time. So, obviously, I know nothing. Well, last year I was expecting when you pick. I remember when you picked uh, the Johnny Depp movie, uh, Transcendence. Yeah. I was expecting that one would do good, but. Oh, I mean that thing did like twenty eight million or something. That was that was a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that that killed me big time. Yeah, but and that, what's weird is with every summer, every summer there is like a huge movie 
that just crashes and burns. Uh, you know, the, the Will Smith movie, After Earth, that crashed and burned. Every year there's like, so it, you just never know. Like Tomorrowland could be a complete bomb. I don't think it will be, but it could be. And they're, No, no, I picked they, Ant-Man second round, so it'll be time for Marvel to finally have a bomb. It's going to be Ant-Man because I picked it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm calling that the Terminator movie is going to be a bust. That's that's my pick for a bust this summer, but I could be wrong. I don't know about uh, a bust. I just don't. Ah, that looks dodgy, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I like all those movies, even the bad ones. But they're still... Uh, yeah. That thing looks rough. I personally think that that, sh- that thing, they should have shifted that to a fall or even a spring release where it's like no man's land. I think that that would have been better than placing it in the summer to where it's like it's, I don't know for some reason Terminator just seems kind of done. To me. I know, but I've I've heard some decent buzz. I mean, it's from the people making the movie, but it's maybe there's something we're not seeing. You know, yeah, we always yeah, complain the trailers give away too much. Once they start uh, making them better, where they don't give away everything, then we think that you know we prejudge the movie, and that's not fair either. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Enough of that. Let's move on to recently watched because good lord. Do oh, I have a geez. lot of crap on here? And we're not even going to get through it all today. I I, I can't see how. I, <laughs> I, I've i got so much, it's, re- yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, let's start off with uh, Total Recall on Blu-ray. Hmm. This was my first watch on Blu-ray and uh, the original from 1990. Can you believe this thing was made in 1990? Amazing. Uh, unbelievable. Paul, Paul Verhoeven, please yep. keep making more sci-fi movies like this. Uh, anyway, obviously, you huge fan of the movie it's great this is arnold in his prime 90s sci-fi just crazy nuts insane i love it uh the blu-ray was cleaned up a lot it looked great um but i was really hoping for one of those cleanups like the predator where they cleaned it up looked brand new it wasn't quite at that level uh, but there's probably only so much you can do with uh, miniatures and the still the those old special effects, and that's okay. But yeah. uh, big thumbs up for me. If you like it, check out the Blu-ray. And, uh, the remake is just very mediocre by comparison. It's fine. It serves its purpose, but it didn't really add anything to the mix. I don't. Eh, I'll take the original. Yeah. The, the flying cars were really cool, I thought, in that in the remake. I liked the flying cars. Yeah, the effects were good and everything, but it was like, why not just... I mean, a couple of little tweaks and you got a completely different movie and it could be original. Well, yeah, you know, I know. Why, why even tag in on that name? Uh, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, okay, over to you. Um, okay, I'm going to... Uh, we teased about this on the last episode... Uh, getting into the Roger Corman Sword and Sorcery collection that I got on DVD. Give me reviews of all of them. Go ahead and okay. just lay them all out on okay. the line. Well, first off, you need to find this DVD set and buy it. That's I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> it, they're awesome. They're, I will. They're great. Um, uh, Deathstalker 1, Deathstalker 2, Barbarian Queen, and the Warrior and the Princess. Uh, the least of the bunch is Barbarian Queen, and it's still a fun movie. Uh, but it's just a bunch of playboy, playmate-looking ladies uh, in various stages of undress killing bad actors on a Roger Corman set for 75 So minutes. killing everyone. Yes. So there you go. Uh, that was the least of the bunch. Um, Warrior and the Princess would have been the second one. That had uh, David Carradine in it. And uh, that was actually, uh, to me, and you would agree with me if, if, if and when you see it, it's kind of a remake 
of sorts of uh, is it Yojimbo? Uh, I'm I, Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> have you, like the, the I'm ashamed to admit I have not seen Yojimbo or Sanjuro that back to back because okay uh, I keep they're always it's a two pack you can only get them Criterion so it's always expensive yeah. and I have so I haven't got around to to nabbing those two. But it's the storyline is or the the Bruce Willis movie, uh, Last Man Standing. Yeah, it's Yojimbo or Sanjuro. It's one of those two. But they, yeah. they've they've remade it about three different times in three yeah. different uh, forms. Well, that's what this movie is. Is okay. basically uh, it's on another planet, which automatic gets a pass from me because it's a Roger Corman movie on another planet. I'm like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's David Carradine spouting off silly, ridiculous dialogue in his lisp that he had. Uh, there's a lizard creature in it that's hilarious. It it's great. I I <laughs> thumbs up on that. Um, but the Deathstalker movies are why you want the set. Deathstalker one had the best production values of the bunch. I'm like this movie here. Like this seems like it could have maybe maybe got a theatrical release. Uh, but it's everything that basically it's basically Conan as Roger Corman would have done. Right. So it's a huge thumbs up. Um, Deathstalker 2 is Jim Wynarski yeah. directed. And that is, that's the best one of the bunch, uh, just because it is batshit crazy. So it lived <laughs> up to the hype that I've been reading about. Yes, it did. It was nuts. Uh, it's, and it, what's cool is that it has self-aware comedy. I'm getting that more and more with some of that guy's movies, is that he knows what type of movies he's making. And you can tell he doesn't really care. It's like, yeah, this is this is kind of shitty yeah. and I'm going to embrace it. And it, that's what made it work. It was a, it was a complete blast. Oh, I love that. You're writing a, a script lot of the, in nine days. You got to know this is probably yeah. not Terminator two. <laughs> yes. And what's so cool about these is that like a lot of the times the barbarians quote unquote are like now the first death stalker, the guy was a big buff dude, but uh, like in part two, it's like, really? That's your barbarian. That's it's me. That's the, <laughs> That's that's your big tough guy is this <laughs> middle aged dude, okay? But a little, it's a little bit of a muffin top. And... Yeah, <laughs> but they all they all have the same thing. If you like low budget sets, fake gore, tons of eighties nudity, hilarious acting. It, they were all. I'm like, I can't wait to watch these again. They're, Best fifteen bucks I've spent on a on a DVD in a long time. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, so I I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. You you I know you'd like them. I know every one of those you'd have a smile on your face watching those things. No, oh, I so. do love those good good bad movies. That's what they're called. Yes, those are good bad movies, especially yeah. that type of genre with the sword and sandals type of thing. And yeah. And then this is again in the days before. Uh, HD video where they're still shooting on film. So even though the movie is extremely low budget, it still has that filmic, you know, the cinematic yeah. feel to it. And I'll take that any day over what we have now. I agree. I agree. But you got to admit that even, even what was that at the devil's door, even now with the high HD cameras, yeah, some people still make it watchable or make it yes, really they do. look great. Very cinematic. Yeah. And that's what just shows that you have to have a good story, good acting. You got to uh, have talent. It, <laughs> yes, it's not just oh they have a nice high def camera that that shit doesn't cut it anymore. We should nope. look into what it takes to get a movie on Netflix. Could we just yeah. film something and get some of our horrible crap put up on Netflix? Yeah. I could just edit all three of our movies together and it'd be an anthology and 
wrap around. Go, oh, yeah. sure, we'll give you $100,000 for that. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, we should look into that, because that would be hysterical. That I would mean, be hilarious. <laughs> it's not much worse than some of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're up. Okay, I'm going to do a, a quick little trifecta of documentaries I've watched. Uh, they've been, uh, there's some good docs on there right now, and they've been adding more awesome looking docs. Uh, Life Itself was a documentary about mm. Roger Ebert. It was on last, uh, episode's roulette. Um, it was a good doc. It was very interesting. I, I was very surprised by how they portrayed him both on the, uh, the good and the bad. They, they were wanting to show his, uh, in my opinion, faults. Maybe they didn't think so, but... I've always just found him to be a little bit pompous, even if I, I mean, when I agree with him, when he does a great review on something I agree with, then obviously I, you know, I'm with the man, but sometimes he says some things where I'm just like, man, you're really undercutting a genre, or like, uh, he was never really friendly to horror or comic book movies or, uh, you know, what have you, and I, I, I don't, I don't like that. Every genre has its gems. Uh, it's so that was a little frustrating to me. But I thought the doc was very fair and showed him in a very real light. It was not all sunshine and roses, and that I like that. That's good, uh, good filmmaking, good documentarian filmmaking, and uh, the I mean it was edited very well, shot very well. Big thumbs up all around. Uh, next up was Atari Game Over. Uh, I watched that one as well. That was uh, on my list of to talk nice. about. Yeah, that, yeah, it was about the uh, the rise and fall of Atari. I knew a lot of the stuff uh, already going in, as I watch all these video game docs. I'm a video gamer from way back. Um, so I'm not going to say that I learned a lot, but it was shot very well, edited very well. Uh, it was very enjoyable. It was very short. It was like 70 minutes, something like that. Um and it was mostly focused on digging up E.T. out in the desert. And uh, the game they notoriously buried, which I always thought sounded a little suspect, that story. Yeah. And turned out to be pretty suspect. <laughs> yeah. But still, I had big thumbs up. It was very enjoyable and didn't overstay its welcome. That's most important on that subject matter. And lastly, and the best of the bunch, in my opinion, was The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. And this Ooh. is a documentary about... Hayao Miyazaki and um, Studio Ghibli. Uh, Ghibli, I'm not sure how you say that. Oh, uh, gotcha, okay. And all, uh, print, all the movies they made, Princess Mononoke. Uh, he's been... Uh, development of his last film, The Wind Rises. Um, if he is retired, don't know. Towards the end, he's a little shaky. Maybe I want to do another one. But he's like 75. Rocks into work every day at 11 a.m., works till 9 p.m., has his routines, wow. and it's totally badass. Um, if you're familiar with that, uh, those films, then you're in love with that studio, then you, this is a film that you need to see. Because in a weird way, it almost is another Studio Ghibli production. It very much oh. feels like one of their films, which is very strange, but beautiful and sad. And he's, at times, a curmudgeonly mean old bastard. And I love it. <laughs> because he can just and say some stuff, and you're like, geez, dude, relax. And then he turns around and he's like, hee-hee-hee-hee-hee. Like, I really showed yeah. them young whippersnappers, those young little 40-year-olds. <laughs> uh, huh. So, you know, if if you aren't familiar with those movies or the studio, you probably aren't going to get too much out of it. I mean, you might enjoy it, but it's not going to be like this is amazing. If you know the movies 
and the themes that they're always playing with, and you know, you start to understand the director and the man, and then you go watch this, you'll love it. I guarantee it. Huh. Um, well, I wanted to chime in real quick on on Atari, though. Well, that's it for um, my documentary, my section. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, you said that it was uh, like sixty-five minutes long. That was actually one of my hang-ups on the movie. I liked it so much that I wish it would have been longer. Uh, even 10, 15 minutes longer, because I'm a child of Atari. That was my first video game system. It was amazing. Um, I would go along wish- with that. The only issue being that this is Atari game over. This is about more like the fall of Atari and E.T. And, you know, it's about yeah. one very specific thing. If it was an overall documentary Atari... That thing should be two and a half hours long. <laughs> Which I would have, I would so have loved that because there were yeah. so many games. I'm like, I would have loved to hear someone chime in about how Pitfall was made and how, you know, there were so many great yeah. combat and the original. Like, it, it, it's I love Atari and like what they were doing, and it, it was just almost like a, just a glimpse into what they were doing back then. And they were like rock stars back then. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I could have watched even more. My other complaint with that movie, mild complaint, because uh, I did like it, was. There was a guy that um, I think that he was the narrator, or he was kind of the main guy. He kind of annoyed me a he's little bit. The guy that wrote his, uh, the other movies they were talking about. He's a writer in Hollywood. Zach Penn. Oh, is that? I probably. I he was just he was cracking wise to the to the uh, excavator guys, and I'm like, you're not funny. You're one of those guys that thinks he's funny, but he's not. And it's like, should we use that bulldozer there? No, we're not going to use that thing. Are you sure we shouldn't? Yeah, I'm sure we should. It's, you remember that? Yes, he wrote X Men. <laughs> he wrote oh, wow. he wrote some of the X Men movies. He's a he's a Hollywood writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just, he seems uh, no, full of himself, and I just no arg- I'm no argument. He was trying to be funny, and he's just trying to be a guy, whatever. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not defending him. I'm just <laughs> yeah. But but that is a good documentary. I I did enjoy that. So. Uh, okay, so for me, next uh, next up, and I usually try to stay away from really brand new releases, but I did want to chime in on this because I, th- I think that you would enjoy uh, talking about this a little bit, is uh, Ridley Scott's Exodus. Yes. Uh, was really wanting to watch that in the theater, even though it didn't do that good. Uh, a lot of reviews came back very much not positive. It's still a Ridley Scott movie, and I'll watch pretty much anything that guy does. Uh, and for the most part, I, I and, and this is no exception, I can find numerous good things about a movie that he's made, but this definitely falls into the um, very, very mediocre or middling thumbs up, barely thumbs up, um, and it's unfortunate. Uh, this is the theatrical version. So far, I have heard nothing of a director's cut. Um, it, it, I think it would benefit from a director's cut, although... It was woefully miscast. Woefully miscast. Um, uh, Christian Bale did fine. Sigourney Weaver had no reason at all being in that movie. And the lead guy... Um, uh, uh, Joel Edgerton? Or he's the, the main ben, bad guy. Ben yeah, Kingsley? Was, uh, not Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Pharaoh? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Pharaoh. That Whoever was Joel Edgerton. Pharaoh. Okay, yeah. Totally miscast. He looked like an idiot in the movie. He looked like a... <laughs> Complete idiot in this movie. Um, but lush production values, the 3D, I have it on 3D. The 3D was amazing. But it just something, you could just tell the whole way through, something was just off. Um, and it was, it, editing was weird, and the acting, or the, the, the casting choices were 
off. What are and, all these white people doing in my Egypt movie? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it just like what. Um, so anyway, uh, but it's still the, for the 3D alone. It's worth watching, uh, and even if you don't have 3D, the it is filmed beautifully, and the parting of the Red Sea is great. There's some great scenes in it. Uh, it's and and Christian Bale gives it his all, and you can tell he's really doing the best he can with, I think, fairly meh, mediocre material. Uh, so he's doing his best, uh, Charlton Heston. Yeah, and he's coming up way short. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just something was it was broken for some reason. It yeah. was a a, a a a good enough broken movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, uh, so. Means if you like Ridley Scott. Uh, generally then you'll probably give this one a pass and if you yes, hate yeah. Ridley Scott then you will hate him even more yes if you're a big if you're a big hater of Prometheus you are going to despise this movie i think yeah. um, but if you love Prometheus you'll be like yeah this was this was okay it was worth a watch yeah. so there you go fair enough i'm sure it'll be worth a watch for me but i really hope there's a director's cut cuz lately he's been doing that ever since kingdom of heaven especially where I watched the theatrical and I was like, oh boy, I think Ridley's maybe done. Maybe hang it up. And then I watched the director's <laughs> cut because I heard, uh, maybe give it another shot if it's, you know. And uh, so I did, and wow, completely different film. Uh, yeah. It was like the theatrical cut, six, director's cut, like nine. Yeah, um, that was fantastic. So I always go on the air on the side of caution with him. Yeah. Okay, I want to run down some TV super quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, but I want to get them out there. Uh, Wildest Middle East, uh, this is part of the Wildest series I've been talking about last few months, was awesome. Good stuff. Oh, Definitely cool. check it out. More good nature, people, animals, doc. Great series. Um, Archer, Season 5. The uh, funniest and filthiest animated adult show on... Uh, TV continues to be the funniest and filthiest adult animated TV show. (laughs) And if you like Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, all that kind of jazz, you'll love it. You would love this. This is a total Eugene show and you're not watching it. Um, (laughs) Yet. Yet. You're going to love it when you do. I've through five seasons and every episode I'm just, I can't believe they just did that. That's hilarious. I love it. Uh, Next up, Mad Men, Season 7. I don't know if it's Season 7, Part 1. I I think they split the last season. I don't know. Uh, But Mad Men, Season 7, continues to be a show about nothing, where nothing happens, and it's still completely entertaining. It's like the polar opposite of Lost. Like, where in Lost, nothing would happen, and you hated it. Uh, Yep. In Mad Men, you watch an episode, and you're like, nothing happened. That was cool. Where he did that, or he said that quip, or whatever. Still a great show, and obviously I'm not alone in that. Everybody loves that. Uh, And lastly, um, a Netflix original, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. A lot of people talking about this online. Uh, This is a Tina Fey-produced show um, Mm -hmm. about these women locked up in a bunker for 15 years, and then they're let loose. Uh, Because they thought the apocalypse was happening from this cult pastor or whatever um very funny show i was laughing the whole time it's very kind of hipstery but at the same time i i couldn't help it i was laughing the whole time i loved it i'm i would definitely watch more it was very 
very, very watchable, I guess is the best way to say it. From somebody who hates uh, sitcoms, it was very watchable. Netflix originals continue to knock it out of the park for me. I, I love those way more than I do uh, the majority of those those stupid laugh track frickin' shows that I cannot stand. This is not like that at all. It's, cool. it's weird and unique and they throw tons of jokes in there real quick. They slide them in the ones where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they just said that. And by that point, they've already moved on three jokes. I I love that kind of stuff. And that's Tina Fey. The only part where it kind of lost me was like the last episode or two in these courtroom scenes. The, some of the people were so, the lawyers were so dumb that it was ridiculous. Like it got real slapstick out of nowhere and it didn't really work for me, but that's okay. I'd watch more. Uh, so that's going to wrap up my TV. Okay. Okay. Back to you. Um, I'm going to quick touch on, uh, George Romero's night of the living dead. Mm. Uh, watch this on Blu-ray and, uh, I just wanted to make mention of it because obviously any listener out there has, if you haven't seen it, you've at least heard of night of the living dead, but I wanted to touch base on this movie just because watching it on Blu-ray obviously makes it a bit different experience than watching it as most people have seen this movie throughout the years on shoddy VHS or even DVD and you know the the bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg this is cleaned up and like professional ready to show theatrical uh, and it looks fantastic a little bit of the um, that gritty feel is taken away from it because it looks so good Uh, but this is still a lightning in the bottle movie uh, one of I think one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, the, it's a complete do-it-yourself you know, type movie. They shot it on the weekends. In fact, this bl- particular Blu-ray has uh, a making of on it called Another One for the Fire. And it's a, it's a feature-length running time documentary on the making of the movie, which is so fascinating. Like This is, this is the type of thing that you want to watch like to get the backstory on the movie and how it was made, how George Romero got started what the actors are doing now if they are still alive it was it was great uh but it was it was a great double header i i watched the movie itself and then that another one for the fire documentary and it was a big thumbs up but if you have if you haven't watched night of the living dead that is a checklist movie even if you're not a horror fan you really should check out that movie because it is um it is a piece of american history at this point it is truly uh a, a slice of american Cinema. I agree. You know? I agree. It is totally a checklist. It's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. My question: uh, This Blu-ray release that you have with the special features and the, the making of Doc is that a general release? Is this a niche release from a small company? Okay. What this this one here actually um, this was because it's public domain. No major studio here in the states uh, has touched it, mainly because. Um, it's, there's not a whole lot of money to be made on this thing because you, it's so readily available. I actually imported this thing from Japan. Wow. It is, it, it's the best release on planet Earth of this movie. Uh, and it actually, it was fairly cheap. It was still a, a very cheap release. It, it cost me 15 bucks to import this thing from Japan. Um, but this is that's the version to have. It's in the correct aspect ratio. It's the one that has this documentary. But the movie itself looks... You'd be surprised at, at just how good it looks um, and the low-budgetness of the movie and just how, you know, this is a homemade-type movie, but it's like, wow, this thing looks great. Well, so, I have a 3D version of this movie. Mr. Yes, 3D. you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And it's hilarious, and 
works pretty well, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but funny. yeah, it's, um, man, the movie still holds up, in, in my opinion. Everything about it, it's, it almost has a slight documentary-type feel to it for some reason for me. Um, it's just eerie. The black and white is, works perfect. I know that they've colorized the movie, um, but something about that eerie black and white, it just works. Um, uh, and Co- it makes colorizing the, it, black and white is is raping a film. That is just yes. wrong on yeah. every single level. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Me too. That's a cash haul. That's, that's have you ever seen a colorized movie. version of that movie? If I have, it was maybe on network television because I know that there was a time where they colorized that thing. But yeah. I, that's I. That's horrible. Yeah. Oof. So. But anyway, yeah, it's it's um, and it's not my favorite Romero zombie. Well, I don't want to say that um, because I loved Dawn of the Dead Day. and Day of the I, Dead. I think Day, Day, of the Dead Day is the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree. But it's it's still it's a checklist movie, and for blue uh, for for Blu-ray fans, you can get this movie. It is region free, so if you do import the movie, it will play on your uh, on your region A Blu-ray player. So nice. I got one more Blu-ray I want to talk about, and I'm going to save the rest for another time. Uh, and that is Inception. Got, got ah. a chance to rewatch this one. Uh, the kids went away for a night overnight to Grandma's, and it was sound system, subwoofer, crank that bad boy up, pop in this Blu-ray. Wife wanted to watch it again. First time for her since the theater. And... Uh, this would be like my second viewing on Blu-ray, I believe. Oh my god, dude, this movie. This movie. It's just phenomenal. It gets better every time I watch it. The more you watch it, the more you kind of understand, the, you, you grasp it. I know there's a lot of aspects of it that... Um, is it all a dream? Is Cobb stuck in the dream? Forget all that. Just throw all that out the window. I know he likes to throw in those little curveballs here and there saying, Cobb, wake up. It's just a dream. Quit... Quit getting stuck in the alley in the when you're getting chased by you know all that garbage. Yeah, I throw it all out the window because otherwise the movie would be a com- is just a complete waste of time. If you're going to travel down those roads, the movie would be a waste of time. Why why even bother making a movie that's a complete frickin' fart dream? Yeah, no thanks. I live in the world where the top falls over at the end. He is in reality and with his kids, and the end beautiful i love it i'm not spoiling anything if you haven't seen inception uh and if you have you know what i'm talking about and that's okay uh so anyway it's it's one of the best movies of the last what 20 years at least my god what a movie i mean hans zimmer the score he just knocks it out of the park man i mean it's amazing to me how he makes such a unique uh, score for, for for Nolan for his er- earlier stuff. Yeah. But then he goes into this one and he 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 brings it down to a different level where he he goes. It's hard to say a little subtle when there's so much boom 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 in it, but he he lays the track for what score pieces are to come early on. Like I was really hearing it a lot different this time around because. Early on, like in the first and second acts, he's he's laying those notes in there. So then it comes around to the third act, and when you're really into the crescendo of the story of the plot, and he brings those notes up to the front and the foreground, and they're booming, and it's 
fantastic. That score is just amazing. I'm a score guy, but my God, that it's so moving to me. Uh, it's a wonderful film, and I know a lot of people. There are this movie has a lot of haters, and that's okay. I understand, but sometimes with all the crap that we're diving on, it's so wonderful to go watch a movie like this and just just relax and just kind of check out a little bit and go into a total cinema, get lost in the cinema and the movie and the dream. And it's, ah, oh, I love this film. It was brilliant. If you haven't seen it in a while, revisit it. It's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on um, every now and then with... <clears throat> Excuse me. With all of the lower budget stuff or stuff that isn't that good, it's always good to just every now and then watch one of those. Like watch like to be immersed in something like that. That's what I was hoping for with uh, Exodus, which I did not get. But but you are spot on with Inception. That was a great movie. Great movie. Um, so. Awesome. Do you want to throw in, throw us another review before we wrap up? Yes. Yep. I'm going to throw in one more. Real quick, um, I'm just looking through my list because I had a bunch that That's I fine. Watched. Pick something, uh, end us on a, a good note, and then um, I'm going to throw a tease for the next episode. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in on uh, an early 70s movie called The S-Fix. Yes, yeah, spell that. And it, uh, A-S-P-H-Y-X. Yes, I'd like to buy a vowel. Yes, there you go. <laughs> this has I've been in my queue movie. for a while. <laughs> well, and I've seen it twice now. I have. I own the Blu-ray of this movie, and um, I, score still stands. It's a gem in the rough to me. Uh, and I hate to even say this in the same sentence, but um, Ghostbusters. It there's there is very minor hints of what was to come in Ghostbusters in this movie. Nice. Um, yeah, and you'll you'll you should watch it sometime because this is not necessarily a horror movie. It's more of a a weird British fantasy type of thing, mm-hmm. but the storyline is very cool. It's very British, um, and just something about it, it's it's just very unique. It, the storyline is extremely unique, and when I'm watching, it, I'm like, this just has just the slight the slightest of beginnings of what would turn into Ghostbusters down the road. Uh, and I, I hesitate to say a whole lot about what the storyline is, other than uh, it does obviously deals with the spirit world and um, a guy that's trying to figure some things out with the spirit world and it's just a cool early 70s I, i'm into this stuff this is the type of movies that i'm into is the 70 you no that's you quite all right that's quite all right I, I dig them as well and I, it's been in my queue for a while and i just haven't got around to pushing play because you said yeah. it's good so i need to you know while i can still uh bear diving on the crap i need to dive on the crap and to, when yeah. I get full of it, then it's time to move on to something you recommend. Yes, I, I would be very surprised if you wouldn't enjoy this movie. Uh, even if you're not, li- if you, even if you'd be like, "Yeah, that was good," uh, I really liked it. But I, it's just a unique, interesting storyline that hadn't been done before, and I like that. Uh, and the special effects for the time were cool. It just in a, its own certain way. And I was hoping that the first time I watched it, I'm like, "That was cool." And I was hoping that on repeat viewing that it wouldn't be like, eh, okay, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. But no, it held up really good. I was I was impressed. Cool. So, Well, I'll definitely check it out sometime. You should, yes. Okay. Uh, anything else to add for this episode, sir? Uh, that should do it. We've covered a lot of ground. Oh, boy. A lot of movies. A lot of movies. Uh, okay. Uh, next episode, I will be 
catching up on some horror because I've been going to school thanks to Cinema Soft Underbelly. I've been ah. getting the urge to watch some of those Italian movies. And uh, did I love them? Did I hate them? Uh, mm. Dario Argento's Inferno watched, a.k.a. Lots of Cats. Uh, <laughs> Berserk, I've got a review for Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, recently added to Netflix. I've got reviews for those as well, but you're going to have to tune in next week for those. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, and next week we will have a uh, director spotlight for you. Which director is that? One of my favorites that you not know. Okay, till next time. It, it's Lloyd Kaufman. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Eric Martyr. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs>